I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I very seriously talk about episodes of Merlin. This time, season four, episode nine, Lancelot Duloc. We're back. Uh, listeners of the podcast, longtime listeners know that me and Chris are usually very serious on this podcast. Not a lot of funny uh-huh. jokes, uh, but this That's episode right. I think deserves an even greater moment uh, or greater amount of um, somberness. Because mm-hmm. it's about divorce, and <laughs> divorce is never funny. It's it's about divorce. Divorce is never funny, um, especially when it's your parents. And in Merlin's right. case, Merlin's parents are basically getting divorced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is actually a very serious episode, and I'm, I I, I think it's crazy that they did this. Like, and people like we're like, what the fuck is going to happen to Gwen after all of yeah. this? Like, she because she loads up a cart and fucking jets at the end of this episode. It's crazy. Rowan doesn't even help her get out of fucking town, dude. I She's have that- dragging that thing through the mud. Yeah. And you can't even help her push. She looks Ridiculous. back. She looks back twice, and I'm like, Arthur didn't tell you not to help. <laughs> you've got yeah. no. He you've didn't got say no you command. Escort her to yeah. the gate, to he the road, where it would be easier for her to travel. He didn't say, "Don't be a rude dick" to Gwen yeah. on her way out. Like he didn't say anything like that to you. Um, but yeah, it's this is this is a bummer episode. We're gonna we're gonna jump into it pretty quick. You doing okay, Chris? Everything's fine with you. You're good. You I'm need, doing all right. How are you? Anything you need to express to the audience before we move on? You know, I had to pause this episode at a certain point, mm-hmm. and I paused it on Gwen's crying face. Oh wow! I, I think that's really it altered the course of my day. <laughs> okay, well, sorry about your day. Uh, we're crawling. Over. Oh, I didn't mention the Patreon. Go to Patreon.com/slash/MonsterThweek if you want to support us. That'd be super nice. You get cool stuff. Um, we're covering season four, episode nine, Lancelot Duloc. Uh, when Sir Lancelot returns from the dead, old feelings reignite. Gwen must fight temptation before she commits an unspeakable act of betrayal, one that would destroy the legacy of Camelot forever. Ease up. Yeah, it's actually like up. she like <laughs> cut off somebody's head. Like she kissed a guy. Yeah, she kissed a guy. Oh, come on. Like I know that that's like Camelot. not like cheating's bad. I'm just saying. Like yeah, with heads and hearts thrown into turmoil, Merlin becomes suspicious. Can a man really defy death, or is there something more sinister at play? This aired on November 26. Was directed by Justin Mal. Tanukov, uh, and was written by Lucy Watkins. Um, Chris, I forgot to get you to read your previously on yeah, Merlin. This I've is see, so not only is this poorly written as always, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it's a little flippant. And now I don't feel very flippant about it. But last time on Merlin, when a mystery illness falls over a nearby village, Merlin, Gwen, and the Round Table ruffians are sent to investigate. But when the knights are ensnared by a magic snake lady. Things get complicated. Led towards a spooky castle that looks exactly like the home of a magic snake lady, the knights bully Merlin even more than they usually do, make it all that much more difficult for Merlin to save the day, and in the end, the magic... And, okay, whatever. In the end, the magic snake lady is defeated, everyone stops being mean to Merlin, and Arthur finally stops wandering around in the woods. I told you it was poorly written. It's a a little flippant. I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. I wish you would have done a second pass on that and made it a little bit more somber for us. (laughs) I'll try to be more somber going forward. If you could, if you could bring down the comedy in our comedy uh-huh. podcast for me just a little bit, like if you could yeah. just like down on comedy, high on somber. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's always funny because I feel like we're a comedy podcast. Now, some people might argue, "Fellas, you're not funny at all." Um, but then there are other people who are like, "I really liked your insights on such and such." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "What do you mean?" Yeah, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you sure that wasn't just a bit? <laughs> Yeah, we could have just been joking. We don't. You don't actually know with us what what whatsoever. Um, let's start the episode. It starts with Agravain walking down the hallway. He has been summoned to Arthur's room at night. 
uh, where Arthur is uh, just staring out the window while Merlin d- just stands by a giant table of food and like cleans something. This is a really weird yeah, like blocking. He's thing. just making himself busy, and Arthur is too focused to really notice. Uh, Arthur has big news. He announces that he is going to be marrying Gwen, uh, which causes Merlin to like drop the cup that he is cleaning, which is yeah, very funny. I love that he is just uh, Merlin is excited. Merlin, he's Dude. he's comic relief in this. Agravane Agravain looks like he just got served. Like he's like, what is going on? You can't do this. This is bad. This is bad form. Um and. To Arthur's credit, he's like, I don't care anymore. Like, this is a done deal. I yep. love her. I'm not going to love anybody else. That's not changing. And I think that the this this will be a good thing for the kingdom. I don't need to make an alliance with some other princess somewhere. Uh, having having a person, like a real person, a person of the people mm-hmm. uh, in the White House will make a big difference to Camelot. And Agravain, like, he puts up a pretty weak defense and is like, hey, you know, you don't need a, a wife or counsel. You know, you have me for that. And I think Arthur says something like, you have rather too much stubble to be my wife or something. But yeah. just like you said, immediately just brushes all of his concerns aside. Um, so what does Agravain do? He has to go immediately to his girl Morgana, um, yeah. who is just, like, taking a nap while sitting up. I love Morgana's vibes in these episodes. She's so she's fucking like, weird she's nowadays. She's like an 80-year-old woman sometimes. She, um, <laughs> she just took a look. She reminded me of my grandmother watching D- Days of Our Lives, and I would look over and be like, Mama, you're not even watching this. And she's like, I'm just resting my eyes. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Mama, but you just, you're missing it. And she's like, I'm not missing anything. Like, I hope that when Aggravate eventually bites it, um, I have to assume he'll die eventually, it's because he pulls one of these moves where he sneaks up on Morgana when she's sleeping and she accidentally slits his throat. Uh, because instead of knocking, saying, hey, Morgana, hey, it's aggravating, I'm here. Uh, no, he comes in, she's asleep, and he he gets within like a, a hair's breadth of her. And he like whispers in her ear, hey, Morgana, Morgana. And she like, fucking reacts, dude. She's lucky. He's lucky that she didn't set him on fire or something because she's had some turbulent dreams. You've seen what she's done to curtains in her sleep, right? Yes. When she's having a mm-hmm. bad dream mm-hmm. and she loves curtains. She does not love Agravain. So he could easily have found himself on fire. Yep. Um, I th- legitimately thought you said you were going to say that you hoped that Agravain one day eventually caused Morgana Mama. And I thought that was going to be very cute, <laughs> that he would just be like, Mama, I need to tell you about Arthur's doings. But that's not, that's not going to happen. Just unlocks these, this whole kind of um, backstory for, for Agravain, which <laughs> for sees, he does see Morgana as something of a mother, grandmother figure. Something of a grandmother figure. This explains a lot about the, some yeah. of the activities of, of Agravain, that she, he's just obeying his grandmother. She's I like, would but do I'm it. 30 years younger than you. He's like, that's not the point. Your hair is huge, and I just feel like you're my grandmother. Mama, stop. Stop making jokes, Mama. You're too funny. <laughs> Shut up, Mama. Stop <laughs> calling me Mama. <laughs> I've, uh, if my Mama told me to uh, bust up Arthur and Gwen, I would do it in a heartbeat. Like, that woman did right. nothing wrong in my eyes, and um, I would just immediately do whatever she told me to do. So I get it, Aggravain. If, if Morgana yeah. was my, my Mama, I would, I would do what Mama said. It's not, he's not a simp as, the, as you know, the modern term would be. No, he's a no, simp no. for Morga- Morvana, Morgana. He's, um, yeah, anyway, we've discussed this long enough. But he tells her, hey, by the way, Arthur and Gwen are finally going to get married. And the, this is what you've always feared. So they have to do something. And Morgana, thankfully, she says, I know Gwen's one secret, um, the one thing that could come between her and Arthur, uh, something that will destroy her. And um, apparently that's Lancelot. Yep. So one we... hot guy versus <laughs> another hot guy. Another hot guy. <laughs> um, the story of the year. <laughs> Two yeah. hot guys face off. Dun, dun, dun. 
uh, we get our intro, and then Morgana goes to this uh, secret cave underneath this huge tree. Very cool design. I loved all of this. Yeah. Uh, she goes in this cave. It's very dark, and behind her from the ground, like, fucking a, a bean takes shape. I don't know if she, mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's, it's appropriate to call an elderly person an old crone that's uh-huh. not very nice but this is a straight up old crone this is dude. an old crone this is it actually it is look is remarkably like the finger uh the fingerprint readers in elden ring now that i'm thinking uh-huh. about it because um we'll see like her eyes have been plucked out or burned out i can't i mean like her whole face is just kind of a ruin of scars um and she's mm-hmm. just talking like yeah. like it's it's yeah. big crone energy. she like she was one of the like double double toil and trouble witches yeah, from yeah. Macbeth. And she's like, that was in Macbeth times, and this is now in Camelot times. I don't know which came first. That's, I mean, they're probably running around the same time, I think. Likely, likely Camelot, I think, if we're looking at fake histories. Mm-hmm, but that's mm-hmm. not important. Uh, Morgana is there, um, and she recognizes Morgana. She sniffs Morgana's hand, and it's like, you're Morgana Pendragon. Yeah. You were destined to bring back the old ways. I hope that I am there when you do it. Uh, and Morgana- That's pretty, that's pretty, um, pretty good. And, and, yeah, because we keep hearing all this destiny stuff about Merlin, but now we're getting a little destiny about Morgana too. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is this is some news to us. I think. Um, I mean, we knew she was going to be involved, but you know, now we're yeah. we're really seeing what's going to be happening. Um, Morgana says, or hands her this disc, uh, which is she says is a gift for Morgos as the price for a soul. Uh, and the woman is very impressed with it and kind of is like, "No, I will be keeping this." And Morgana's like, "No, no, 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 give it back." Uh, and the woman tells Morgana that she's going to have to go to the last of the five gateways that separate our world from the world of the dead. Uh, she's going to have to go into the pool of Negwain. I might be ruining that. Um, and then she's going to have to cast the coin into the depths uh, for her wish to be granted. And as she is talking, the camera shifts and we actually see all of this happening. We see Morgana walking into the water. We see her throw the disc. This water begins to boil and a naked man comes out. Yeah. Uh, a hunk rises from, a hunk from the, rises from from the, the deep. Yeah, absolutely. It's Lancelot. And not only is it Lancelot, but he immediately just offers himself up to, to her command. Yep. Now, I will say that this is just a very cool shot. Um, her wading into the water, they they do a big wide shot. I was always impressed on Supernatural when they would do that too. Mm-hmm. It just these shows. Now Merlin isn't as tightly focused on um, shoulder head shots as Supernatural was, but it is still nice when you get these these wide shots. It just adds so much depth, I guess, to to the to the visual splendor of the show. I don't fucking know. I agree. Uh, no, no, I'm cool. I'm 100 with you. Like this when I when I talked about season four of Merlin getting, um, you could tell like they increased their budget. This is the stuff that I meant of just like these really really gorgeous shots of, that pull back a lot that have to cost a lot of money to yeah plan and to and to execute right because you're not just filming somebody's head. Uh, you're you have a, an actor walking into the water, which presumably they can only do once without having to replace mm-hmm. that dress. So. Um, Lancelot's super naked. Yeah, fully. And you he sees cock. And he, <laughs> you see his cock, and it's <laughs> and it's, it's 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 not it's not bad. It's a it's a it's good wet, one, dude. It's just wet. It's it's, um, just, no but, further comment. But also, like, I think a super wet naked man whose cock you can see, like, going like I am yours to command, is probably the fantasy for a lot of people. I'm just saying uh-huh. that's probably a thing that is, exists. Um, Lancelot uh, goes to Morgana's house. Uh, Morgana gives him uh, evil clothes. Somebody in the mm-hmm. Discord noted you could tell Lancelot was going to be evil because he yeah. wears a black shirt in this episode. He does look pretty cool. He does look pretty cool. He got, he's got he's got a little bit of a V-neck, but I don't mind like the V-neck when it has those little like laces in between the lines. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm it's saying? A, it's a uh, it's a tunic. It's more tunic than it is V-neck. Mm-hmm. 
I heard another Supernatural podcast call me out for my hatred of V-Nex the other day, and I thought that was really funny. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, he immediately reaches for his sword, and it's like, I'm going to kill your enemies. And she's like, no, 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 it is not your sword I require. And he's like, oh. And so he starts taking off his pants, and she's like, no, 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 no. It's not it's, that sword. Well, it's, it's sort of that, but it's your heart. It's but, your heart. But not me. Well, it's, it's, it's your heart. heart. Yeah, it's, it's your heart. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, the interesting thing here is that he, he specifically says that he has like it, no memories of really anything. All he knows is that he belongs to Morgana. Um, mm-hmm. and then we cut over to, uh, as she's talking, uh, we cut over to Arthur, uh, sneaking in to surprise Gwen, um, and putting a blindfold on her, um, and then walking her from the castle all the way to her house, which is like four leagues because she doesn't live in the castle yet. <laughs> Had to be a re- like, I'm just like, can you blindfold me? Like when I get there, like why do you yeah. have to do it the whole trip? <clears throat> a lot of flights of stairs to manage blindfold. Right. Yeah. Um, also just, you know, kind of, kind of wild thing to do just to take her home <laughs> to her house. <laughs> to her house. She's like, Oh, I'm home. Oh, okay. Um, but no, he, he just, um, he pees the cue, dude. He pees the cue right there. He pees the cue. Uh, um, right in front of her. He and we pees get a, the cue. He pops the question. We get a lot of, uh, like, narration from Morgana telling Lancelot, like, you know, Arthur has one true love, uh, but Gwen, um, as the, even though she loves Arthur, she had a one true love before him, and that was Lancelot, um, going through all of this stuff. Uh, meanwhile, Arthur goes down on one knee. Uh, Gwen's house is full of candles, which is very romantic. Uh, Merlin is outside the window looking in, which is extra romantic, I think. Yeah, he just he just followed them. He's, he's just so excited about this whole thing. Presumably, he's the one that had to light all of the candles. And then, I think, yeah, he, was, he must have door. been in on it. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but I'm sure that Arthur was like, all right, then scram. But, yeah, but no, Merlin, no, being no. Merlin, he loves to snoop, and uh, he stayed. And sure enough, he kneels down and he pees the cue. Uh, would you? Will you do me the honor of becoming my wife? And she just immediately like she's she's sobbing and she's laughing and she's she hugs him and it got me very emotional. Yeah. Merlin is super super happy and of course Arthur has to do the classic like is that a yes? And she's like oh, oh my god yes absolutely. Uh, and he slips the ring on her finger and everyone uh, is all smiles and including Merlin. Merlin is like oh this yeah. is great. I'm really you know, glad I, I really want to make fun of Merlin for being creepy, but it is really sweet because he loves them both and yeah. I think he's just he's so happy for them. He's I, so happy for Gwen, really. I assume your buddy Steve was there when he proposed to Jeff, right? Jess, right? Yeah, he was in the woods. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was just in the woods in case something went wrong and you needed like With a knocks. I was like, just in case I need backup, yeah, I'll yeah. radio you. Yeah, what if I? What if you lose the ring and you need a second ring? <laughs> right? She was like, like, Chris, why do you have a huge handheld radio strapped to your belt? You have, why do you have a walkie-talkie and a flask on your belt? Where are we going? Why am I blindfolded again? Don't like this. Just through the, the through the radio, we could just hear uh, a hissing static of Steve going. Uh, I heard belt. You need me. <laughs> Uh, nope, nope. no, Steve, we're good. Why? Stand down, over. Why is Steve here? Over? <laughs> it's just to the, to the walkie-talkie. Um, uh. Aggravane goes to Morgana uh, and to basically collect Lancelot. And um, I really like this bit of dialogue from Morgana. Uh, I think that it's easy to look at Morgana as a character who is kind of hilariously evil at this point, like a little over the top, um, just like they did with Uther. Like they, they're writing her so so evil that it just it strains credulity at a certain point Mm -hmm. um but this there's a moment here where she's like you know he was once so mighty and now he's but just a a shade of his former self i almost i feel the word she uses i feel curiously sad at molding his mind 
Uh, yeah. Because she's literally feeding him memories so that he can go pretend to be Lancelot. Because he's not Lancelot. He's just this empty shell that looks like Lancelot. Um, but that, that line of like curiously sad, it was like, oh, girl, you got to get that in the zine. Like, if that's not the title yeah. of your zine, yeah. like, you need to relaunch the zine and just call it curiously sad. This, one, this is one of the most interesting lines in the entire episode because yeah. she just doesn't, she does seem to take such glee. Like you said, you know, they've made, made her cartoonishly evil in some ways. Uh, and, and she herself says, I should be sort of enjoying this. I'm, I'm bending him to my will. And yet, I'm curiously sad. Um, it's, it, I don't know, because uh, Morgana didn't really know Lancelot. No. Mm -mm. I, I mean, I'm sure she knows who he is. She has seen him, but I don't think that they ever really had any. Maybe she just thought he was a hunk, you know, and um, just like everybody else. <laughs> so seeing him like this is just, you know. There's nothing more pure goth than um, watching beauty fade and, and fade away, oh, right? You got that right. You so, got like, that right. when she's when she's looking at this, she's like, "This makes me curiously sad." And she, it's kind of like that kid in the in, the, in Letterkenny where like, being curiously sad is making me happy. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. big vibes. Uh, this is good. Uh, um, Arthur has decided to throw himself a two day tourney as an engagement present, which Merlin is absolutely clowning on him for. Uh, like, this was such a nice romantic gesture. Can't believe you would do something like this for for Gwen. And Arthur says, "Oh, my, you know, my father did this for his engagement." He's like, "Oh, so it's not even an original gesture. Great work, no, <laughs> great no, work, wonderful, good stuff." Um, but yeah, they they tourney it up, dude. They get uh, they get tourneyed up, and they ride back and forth. They do a little jousting, and. Uh, then a new rider appears, and he's dude. What is he doing? But he but he's jousting it up like no one's business, um, and he jousts it up so good that he he wins his round, and then yeah. he reveals his face. Uh, he, everyone's you know like, hey, who is this new? Who's this new hot knight kicking ass out there on the field? That these verbatim at the line, uh, and he reveals his face, and everybody is absolutely shocked to see that it is Lancelot. Which I would just be. For everything else that's happened, I feel like you've got to be a little sus. You have to be suspicious. Immediately suspicious. The fact that everybody just looks at him and is like, uh? And doesn't and just brings him to dinner, which is the next scene. It's crazy to me. To and uh, I guess they're all just so happy that he's alive that they don't want to doubt it. But, you know, I don't know. I um, Also, this this little scene uh, is probably is, is an example of probably my only complaint about this episode, which is that they, I think this episode, I think the show expects me to tell who is who when they're in the full like jousting gear and who's winning and who's not winning. Oh, and yeah. I absolutely cannot do it. <laughs> I have no clue, no, no clue who is winning at any given time. I'll, I don't even know what winning is because getting unseated by your, and your unseated, and thrown off your horse doesn't seem to be the end of the game, which that seems like an easy, that would be the end of my game. If yeah, I got, if someone put, pushed me off a horse of with a game. pole, I'd be like, nope, I am done with this. Um, so yeah, they, they just, instead, instead of anybody freaking out, they just, they just feed him. Um, and he makes up this like really long and detailed story about being picked up by some people and cared for um, and journeying with them until he was well enough on his own to come back to Camelot, which he calls like going back, but going back North. And Arthur says, you came home. Um, and everybody, like he does a toast, um, everybody seems to be super happy about this, except for Merlin, who is definitely like, seeing something a little weird about this. Yeah, he, he just, I don't know. I think being the one person who knows magic, definitely he's just like, yeah, I don't know. He's, um, he's just acting strange. Yeah, he could definitely have done something super weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, dinner kind of goes off without a hitch. And then afterwards, Merlin takes Lancelot back to the lab. I don't know why. I guess Lancelot doesn't have a bedroom anymore. Um, 
that's not important. Merlin takes him back to the lab uh, and he's like, hey, you can use my bed. Don't even worry about it. Um, I'll sleep on the floor. Also, if you, you know, if you don't want to share, that's cool. Um, but Mer- Merlin just breaks down how he's really lamented that he couldn't save Lancelot because they were both trying to sacrifice themselves that day. They were with each other all day that day, riding back to try and help Arthur. Uh, and I think I'm sure that that really did weigh on Merlin. He kind of got off scot-free because Lancelot sacrificed himself. And Merlin says, well, if only I could have used magic. And that's when finally a red flag pops up because even Lancelot is, of course, like, don't blame yourself. Don't even worry about it. He's still being the Lancelot that we know and love. Um, But it's that magic line where Lancelot says, oh, it's too bad that none of us have magic. Life would be a lot easier. And it's almost when he first started speaking, it's almost as if Merlin might take it as like, oh, yeah, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But he says it just so kind of like offhandedly, like as if, you know, um, he doesn't know anything about the fact that Merlin has magic. And that's a big red flag. It's a... I love this moment because Merlin is just like, uh, what? And then he yeah. goes, he goes outside and, and Gaius takes one look at his face and goes, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just very funny. Um, and it's like, he's like, Oh, I recognize that face. Something's going on. And Merlin lays out the situation. Like he felt something was a little weird. It was a little weird that he came back. It was a little weird at dinner, but then this situation happened. Um, and Gaius, uh, good old trusty Gaius gives him the, 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 the completely, uh, ineffectual oh strange indeed and then immediately follows that up with we just need to give him time thank you Gaius for your fucking thank support you really appreciate the, all of Super the effort helpful in that one that this guy was raised from the dead mysteriously or not I don't fucking know and we're just gonna give it some time sure fine uh, see where that gets us Agravain then meets up with Morgana in the forest she 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 she, she hops out of nowhere in the forest and scares him getting him back i think for the cold open uh which i think is very funny very yeah. good um and he's like hey lancelot showed up but like gwen is still super in love with arthur like you can't mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna have a harder time than this he thought she goes oh no i'm not uh i've i've planned ahead and she holds out a bracelet and she casts a little bitty spell of it and gives it to him um and then we cut over to camelot Gwen, um, who is just looking amazing, by the way, like she knows she's going to be the center point piece of this tourney. She's got a beautiful dress on. She's got her makeup going. Yeah. She just she's it actually smiling. sucks more because she's like glowing, and we know that it's all. Oh my god, dude! It's like I mean, she just looks so happy, and and then compared to the end of this episode where she looks so fucking miserable, it's just awful. Uh, but who comes knocking? But Lancelot, uh, and it's, there's obviously some tension between these two because. Um, she was the one to, that asked him, like, you know, do what you can to protect Arthur. I love him. Uh, and he did it. Like, he he protected Arthur with his life. And she feels, obviously, a little guilty of that because he was doing that on her behalf. Um, and he stops her and says, you know, you don't have to feel guilty for that. I did what was right in my heart, and you taught me that. Um, and then he, get, like, talks for what seems like 27 hours about, like, something. I don't even, I wasn't even, I, I, like, tuned out because he was just moving his mouth in weird ways. I didn't understand anything that he was saying at all. I don't know why he was going on for so he, long. Um, yeah, he starts talking, well, I learned how to be true to my heart from you. You're going to be a wonderful queen. Um, blah, 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 all the nice things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, genuinely, I think if you take a step back and you don't know that Morgana is, you know, conspiring, you could see this being a scene in the show, like in, in a reality where uh, Lancelot never died, where he does come in and he just says all the nice things. Uh, like, I, I learned so much from you. You're a great person. You're going to be a wonderful queen. Uh, have this gift. He gives her the bracelet 
um, the cursed bracelet that, that Morgana set him up with. Uh, and then he kisses her forehead, wishes her and Arthur everlasting happiness, and he leaves. Minus the cursed bracelet bit, you could just say, like, this is me saying goodbye to any thought of any feelings we ever had, and I'm genuinely wishing you well from the bottom of my heart. Goodbye. Um, but it ain't that. But it, but it definitely ain't that. And and the kiss is a little weird, too, to be honest with you, because he, he holds her face in it's, both of yeah, his hands, and she's like, and she's like, what? Um, she, she's, she's, you know, but then he kisses her on the forehead and she can like calms down a little bit. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, this is a lot. And then we just smash cut to Merlin looking at a book of necromancy, which I think is just very funny. Like he just immediately goes yeah, to dude, necromancy. Meanwhile, Merlin's Googling necromancy. Yeah. How to bring back the dead. Google coming up like, do you need to talk to someone? Are you okay? Uh, there's a lot more jousting. Uh, a lot of people get knocked off their horses. Um, and then Lancelot takes the field um, and does his thing. Like More people joust. And then we go to dinner with Gaius and uh, Merlin. And now I'm just completely obs- obsessed with the idea of Merlin cooking food for everybody because everybody just cooks food terribly in this kingdom. Um, yeah. And yeah. Merlin is like, oh, yeah, this is this is really tasty. This broth is really good and flavorful. What do you know about necromancy? <laughs> Which just takes <laughs> Gaius by surprise uh, and is... You know, Gaius goes through like the whole thing of like, yeah, even like when magic was practiced, like we we were very careful to stay away from necromancy. It's but like, why do you want to know about it? And it's like, oh, because it's it's Lancelot. Like obviously he, he's come back from the dead. And Gaius says, well, there's no way we can know for sure. And Merlin's like, yep, definitely, definitely is. They, we, I've got a book for this. And then Chris, I googled it. <laughs> this thing happens next, where he uses the book and draws this design. Um, and it's just like a big circle on the ground, like a big spiral on the ground. And he casts a spell and it glows. And I guess in between them having this conversation and putting this plan together, uh, Gaius just decided to take a little nap. Not going to help. Yeah. Not going to read the nope. book. Not going to hold the mm-hmm. book so that he can com- completely make sure to get, the, I, get dude, it accurate. Gaius is like retiring. And he's not just he's, retiring from his job. He's just like retiring from his life responsibilities, dude. which I'm jealous of. But notice like last episode, he sent Merlin to go be physicians yep. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And now he's just like, okay, well, we already decided what needs to be done and you're doing it. So I'm just going to nod off for a few. Yeah. Gaius is just quiet quitting Camelot. Like he's just, he's just <laughs> yeah, not showing yeah. up on time. Like he's constantly late. He doesn't get his stuff done. It's just a miserable time for everybody. Um, but Merlin goes and wakes him up uh, and they watch as Lancelot comes out of Merlin's room walks across the spiral design which glows uh and as it does we see lancelot's face turn to from uh his normal hunky face to like a weird skeleton wraith kind of situation yeah to weird bone face not good and uh, that not good that confirms that this dude is a shade as we're gonna i think refer to him for the rest of the episode and he cannot be here for good reasons because if you've got bone face like no disrespect to anybody out there who's got bone face um but I just instinctively don't trust you. If you've got bone face, you know what you did to get bone face. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. I'm not saying Honestly, you're a bad person now. I, I'm saying you were a bad person though. Yeah. You'd like there's something in your past at least for me to be scrupulous of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what's next? What do we do? More jousting, I think, probably. Uh, yeah, more more jousting. As they're preparing for the tourney, Gwen goes to help Lancelot get ready in his tent. Oh. And that's when things start to feel like a little bit, I don't know weird there's some weirdness mm. happening um and they're getting maybe a little too intimate as uh because lancelot's like oh shouldn't you be seeing arthur and she's like i did i mean i will i'm going to uh and she's like wait why am i why am i in here with lancelot and not helping arthur and uh yeah so unfortunately the magic is doing its trick and i'll say this now i guess i was gonna say it at some point but i 
in a way I'm sort of like not glad is the wrong word, but like it's interesting that they decided like, no, we are going to deal with the Lancelot Guinevere situation. One of the biggest things in the legend, right? Mm-hmm. Is you've got like the sword and the stone, you've got um the Lady of the Lake. Very similar things there. <laughs> and then you've got this one thing of like the two most pure, um, shining, brilliant, honorable people in the universe commit this one like cardinal sin, right? Um and I thought that when Lancelot died, that that was kind of, that was our, that was it. Like we played with the will they won't they a little bit back when they first met. And maybe it helped Arthur realize that he loves Gwen. He doesn't want to lose her, blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, But yeah, then they decided to just come back to it in a big way. And I'm not happy that they did, but it is interesting that they did. Well, and it's, I like the fact that they had to have a thingamajig to her as well. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm yeah. kind of glad, um, Right. I don't think Gwen, whatever. Exactly. No matter what. Yeah. No matter what she felt, no matter how much um, she desired him, which at all intents and purposes, we know that she didn't Mm -hmm. at all, except for the magic. Um, But even if she did like desperately desire him, I don't think it would shake her in the slightest. Um, I also have a note here that I forgot to mention uh, that Merlin is wearing a new outfit and he looks pretty dope in it. It's like a solid blue kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Solid like blue tunic situation with like a black like handkerchief oh, yeah. thing around his yeah. neck yeah he's looking pretty i think he's worn this cool. like once before and i thought he was just like he was uh evolving for a new season or something yeah and then he, just and then he just went right back, back to his usual yeah, yeah. costume um we uh she she shakes herself out of this when uh when lancelot uh asks her like why are you congratulating or why are you wishing me well instead of your husband to be she like realizes what she's doing and where she is and she 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 leaves very quickly like confused um, we get a lot more jousting. We get another guy uh, getting drug along by a horse. I feel like we do that every tourney, and I love it every time. Never changed. We love it. Um, Lancelot wins. Arthur wins. And now they're going to have to fight each other, uh, which is uh, very dismaying. Uh, and Percival is like, what are you doing, Merlin? It's it's all right. And Merlin's like, oh, but they're going to have to fight each other. And Percival's like, yeah, dude, that's going to be great. <laughs> that sounds yeah. awesome. Um, and it's time for them to square up. And of course, the I like the way they do this because the setup is like, oh, this is going to be where evil Lancelot uh, or Darkalot makes his move, right? Darkalot, yeah. Dark. This is where Darkalot's going to be making. He's going to try to kill Arthur. Yeah. But what happens? And, instead and to be is, honest, I checked the time on uh, at this point, and I thought, oh, we're probably in the last ten minutes, right? No, no, no. There was twenty five minutes left, and I thought, <laughs> what is going to happen? What, what, the fuck? The, what the fuck is happening in this episode? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought they was all going to like unfold here. Yeah, something. absolutely. Because it's set up that way. Like you feel like that yeah. you're about to hit the climax of the episode, um, and instead they like ride at each other and they hit each other. Um, Arthur is hurt pretty badly. Like he's leaning over the horse, uh, but he he still goes and grabs a second joust. Um, and lines up to to charge at Lancelot again. They charge at each other, and this time, seeing that Arthur can't can, can't even hold the joust up, uh, La- Lancelot Darkalot like pulls his up, um, which I guess is yielding, uh, blowing everybody's minds. Um, I, so, like, I think this is super good. I think this is yeah. Uh, this whole scene plays out really well because I think this just makes it seem even more like it's the real Lancelot because a Lancelot that got too vicious and too excited for that win 
everybody would be like, well, that's odd. That's odd behavior for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he he yields, and then they get off their horses, and they meet in the middle, and he kneels in front of Arthur, and he's like, all right, that's not necessary, but I appreciate the courtesy. Like, you knew I was hurt, mm-hmm. and you know that, you know, Arthur, I'm sure, wanted to you would win or lose fair and square, um, but he's like, okay, I, I respect that you did that because you were you were just being courteous to your king, and that and that's cool of you. Um, but yeah. So if he's not here to kill Arthur, then what the suggests fuck? Merlin, what the fuck is he here for? And uh, Merlin watches as Gwen goes into Lancelot tent, um, and presumably, like we don't see him, but presumably just snoops around all around this, sees this whole scene yeah. unfold because she goes in Lancelot's tent and like is rubbing on him, holding on his hand, being all sweet with him. Yeah. Like she's she's getting to it. She's getting kind of into this this dark a lot fella. Um, and that night, Merlin follows Lancelot to a meeting with Agravaine, and he listens as they, you know, confirm that they have gotten Gwen to come to this meeting, and that was this was all Morgana's plan. So everything that Merlin feared has now been confirmed. Um, and he follows, but we see Gwen leaving. We see um, uh, Arthur, or no, Ag- we see Agravaine go waking up Arthur. He's like, "You got to go. You got to come check this shit out." Um, we see Gwen arriving in uh, the throne. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm skipping around. I'm so sorry, everybody. And Chris, okay, I apologize. Okay. Uh, Merlin follows Lancelot and then just from behind, like, blasts the dude. And Yeah, I was just thinking, like, why didn't Merlin do more to stop what was going on? And then I remember, no, he did. He literally just blasts the dude for, for lack of anything else to do. It, maybe it would have made more sense to get to Gwen first and try and, like, stop anything that's happening. But because he just doesn't know the ins and outs of what's happening here, let's just knock out <laughs> Lancelot. Um, and sure enough, he blasts him. He falls over. Merlin kind of, like, runs up to him. But no, he's not knocked out. And in fact, he hops back up on his feet, slugs Merlin, and actually knocks Merlin out. Um, meanwhile, Agravain has put things into motion. He goes and wakes up Arthur and essentially leads him to catch Gwen yes. and Lancelot in the act, who we see now Lancelot, after knocking out Merlin, has gone to the council chambers where he's asked Gwen to meet him. He's like, oh, no one's going to be here. No one comes here at night. They start canoodling. They start doing a little smooching. Uh, and while this is happening, Merlin does wake back up and tries to get there in time. But he's too late because Arthur gets there first. He finds them kissing and he just flies into a rage. Unlike anything we've actually ever seen from uh, from Arthur. And he starts fighting Lancelot and things are getting pretty vicious. Arthur is extremely angry, not acting like himself at all. And um, I think he's about to lose and... Merlin has to actually knock the sword out of Lancelot's hand with magic secretly from the corner. And just as Arthur is about to kill Lancelot, Gwen jumps in the middle and stops him from killing them. Uh, and, and this just ends with both Gwen and Lancelot being thrown into separate dungeons. A lot to, a lot to think about here. This, as you mentioned, this is like the most angry we've ever seen Arthur about anything. Uh, he, He screams bloody murder. And as they're fighting, um, and, Merlin, the TV show, has always been really great about this, like using fight choreography to tell a story, right? And we see the difference in how Arthur is fighting than the, from what he usually does. Now he is just like with all of his power. Every swing has all of his power. There's no like calculated strategy. He is trying to kill Lancelot as quickly as possible um, and snarling while he does it. Like he is just, he is so yeah. consumed with anger at this moment. Um, and the idea that you would throw them in, I, I get throwing Lancelot in jail. I, 
I, the, the idea of throwing Gwen in jail is very funny to me. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's just, it's just like the rudest thing you could do. And I get it. I, I like you're the king, and she betrayed you. Like I understand you have to sort things out. But I would just be like, confide my fiance to her chambers, please. <laughs> like we need to talk yeah. about this. But uh, no, uh, she he throws her in, in, in jail where she throws the the bracelet into the the room. And it kind of goes out of sight, uh, and then she starts. She just breaks down and crying. And man, Bunny Colby is so. I've t- said it over and over again how great of an actress she is. And it's just, it, she just never, ever, ever gets old to me. Uh, Angel, yeah. I said Bunny Colby. Angel Colby. Sorry, I don't know where I got Bunny <laughs> from. Uh, um, yeah, she. It's and we're just left with this moment where she once once she throws that bracelet off and this horrible horrible realization sinks down on her and it's not like she doesn't know what just happened it's not like she takes the bracelet off and and suddenly forgets but like any type of feeling any of that magically induced love that she just felt for lancelot instantly disappears Mm -hmm. um and she must be left feeling awful just absolutely awful oh hollow awful just realizing how badly she she fucked up and how she has betrayed the man that she loves the love of her life um i mean this is this is just horrifying um and aggravain uh is telling arthur that he must respond robustly to this that everybody in the kingdom is going to see him as weak and that in Uther's day, that uh, adultery among royals was punishable by death. Um, how did anybody survive Camelot <laughs> in any kind of way? How did anybody? Everything get away with has anything. the death sentence. Everything has the death sentence. Have you seen? Did you watch? Um, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but that. Uh, oh shit! Now I can't even remember the name of it. The Alexander Skarsgård uh, and Mia Goth movie that just came out, the Cronenberg one. Um, no, I haven't seen that. Okay. Um, the premise of that is like it's kind of set in a like it's a it's set in a town where very small crimes carry the death sentence and it just reminds i was like is this camelot i was watching i was like is this fucking camelot is uther in charge of this weird country that doesn't actually exist um anyway uh they arthur is just absolutely destroyed we see he doesn't even turn around to meet aggravane's eyes or really respond in any way to this he just you can just see him absolutely like devastated and gutted throughout this entire scene um and we, he kind of summons everybody to the council room where two guards force Gwen down onto her knees in front of Arthur as he comes in. And he, he the blocking on this is so good, Chris, because he comes in, everybody is like expecting him, I think, to make some grand proclamation. He cannot even look at anybody, especially yeah. Gwen. Like he walks behind his, his chair, uh, his throne or whatever, and he's just has his back to the crowd like he's fucking Maynard James Keenan playing at a Tool concert. Uh, and he <laughs> just just tells everybody to leave, even even his uncle Agravain. Merlin even goes. That's how they, they know everybody knows. He's like, oh, Merlin's leaving. Everybody yeah. has to go. Yeah, this is too fucked up. Even Merlin has to get out of there. And just, I, I love, I love just this whole. This is so fucking emotional, Chris. This mm-hmm. is so this is so awful. Like I can't even talk about it. Yeah, I this is where I had to um pause it for a while and then come back and I just every time I'm looking at my TV, I'm just be like, God damn it, Gwen. God damn it. Um Yeah. He starts talking to her. Um She's there on her knees, sort of, just like in the middle of the throne room, and he's like, Get up, like I'm not just your king. I'm supposed to be your husband. Or, mm. you know, I was supposed to be your husband, but maybe not. Um, and then he's just like, what happened? You know, and, and a lot of this is so 
I guess, normal. Um, like, it doesn't have anything to do with him being a king, which I think he does immediately try to establish. But then there's another part of it that does very much have everything to do with him being a king. Um, but he's like, what happened? I thought we were happy. Um, I, kn- I know we were happy. And I thought that you felt it, too. Like, do you, you know, do you not love me? Or, or what, like, what's going on here? Um, of course, she's like, no. Like, I I don't love Lancelot. I had no doubts about about marrying you i was not worried about anything um and then this is where arthur kind of starts to lose it and he starts shouting he's like then what were you doing um he grabs her shoulders it almost seems like it's going to get like a little bit tense for a second there but then he just immediately lets go of her he apologizes um she says you know i'm sorry you mean everything to me um once like a long long time ago i had these feelings for lancelot but i have not thought about him like that for years and I, and this is the part where now she doesn't even understand what's happening and she has to try to make sense uh, of all of it. And she's like, you know, I thought that Lancelot was dead. And when I, I thought I would never see him again. And then suddenly he was back and I was overwhelmed. And I guess I was just drawn to him. And I don't know why any of this happened. And I, I couldn't stop myself. Um, she reassures Arthur that she loves him, she, that he means everything to her. All these years I've waited for you, she says. And he says, you only had to wait one more day, Mm. which is just brutal. Mm. And then she says, all I've ever wanted was to be your queen, and I still want to be your queen. Um, He doesn't really respond to that other than just to say, like, in my father's day, this would be a death sentence. That's what the council wants. Um, That's what they are telling me to do, but I'm not going to do it. I do not want to see you dead, but I don't want to see you at all anymore. Uh, and so he banishes her. Um, he banishes her from from Camelot and from his life and from everything that they've built. And she pleads with him, sobbing. It's this is like the the hardest thing to watch. Um, where, asking, you know, where, where am will I supposed I to go? go? Yeah, that's just that was the like. What am I like? This is my life. Like this is yeah. heart. This is so heartrending. And it just feels like Gwen never really like has any of that kind of self pity. Um, in any of the previous situations that she's been in, but here it's very much just like, well, she deserves to feel self-pity because of all these horrible things happening to her. Uh, not only her love being ripped away from her, but her life being ripped away from her. Um, and Arthur, all he can say is that he's, he's truly sorry that this happened. Um, and it's like, it's, it sucks because of course, from Arthur's perspective, he sees her as the transgressor. He sees her as the one who, who, you know, betrayed him. Um, but as the viewer, we, know that this that's not at all the case and i think that even without magic uh if arthur and gwen were dating and she smooched lancelot behind his back and he found out and he was pissed i think he would just forgive her and they would just maybe get over it that's what i want to think of arthur Mm -hmm. um but he's king and because he places so much other importance on this like later on towards the end he says he can never trust her again um i think that that it's just, yeah, that's that side of it is just eating at him so much because he is king and because he has these responsibilities that he can't just look past this. Um, it's and, it's yeah. it's interesting to contrast this with the speech that he gave Agravain in the very beginning of the episode where he said that she has been such a inspiring source of counsel and wisdom for the, for the last few months that they were able to have this relationship up in the open after Uther died and how much he had come to rely on her and her advice and 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 now to have that pulled out from under him like he was willing to 
defend her to everybody in Camelot because he loved her, he trusted her, and he respected her. And now with that trust and that respect gone, it's hard. It's it's like he can't. But the love is still there. He obviously still loves her. Or he wouldn't be so angry. But like you can't you can't allow himself as a person of that's the king of Camelot to keep this relationship going right like he just he cannot allow himself to do this at this point and it's, it is it's like a lose-lose situation like yeah. even if right then and there merlin exposed the truth and they could like improve it it still puts them in this awkward situation where it's like because everybody else knows now we have to convince everybody that oh this was magic it just fucking sucks it's it sucks and us as the viewer watching this it's it's really, really infuriating because you're just like, ah, this is not her fault. Like, it's not, we so we have to tell him. Like, somebody tell him, Merlin, figure out how to tell him. And you're like, at this point, this is when I'm kicking up the, the, the counter at the bottom and going like, how many minutes are like, how are they going to resolve this much emotional conflict in like the last five minutes of the episode? And then you realize, like, you start kind of having this slow realization of they're not. Like, this is going to be the last we see of Gwen because we, we cut over to Merlin, who's like, This is what Morgana was planning. This is what he, this is why she sent Lancelot here. Like, I have to tell Arthur. And Gaius points out rightfully what you just pointed out, which is that Arthur, you could maybe convince him that, you know, Lancelot was a plant, but it's Gwen who betrayed him and that Gwen must pay the price. And I just wanted. Merlin to look at him and be like, "So where is your like strange indeed speech when it comes to my friend Morgana, yeah. my friend Guinevere? Like where where is that yeah, attitude?" And I guess that's because nobody knows about the bracelet, despite all mm-hmm. everything else, right? They don't actually know about this the existence of this bracelet, and then that's what it wasn't just that Lancelot was under Morgana's spell, but there was something else at work. Yeah, um, and I don't think it's brought up at all, right? There's no nobody identifies this at any point. Gwen doesn't even know that it happened. Yeah, she just knew that she wore it, and then mm-hmm. things happened. It does um, not. It does not get like it does not get any I, kind of reference oh, at all. God, this is this is one of those things where I'm like, I need to watch to see what happens next. <laughs> She's not in the preview for the next episode, so I have no fucking idea. Um, Agravain uh, goes to see Lancelot with a letter from Morgana. Uh, would love to know what he did with this letter, letter because it would be some pretty good evidence to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, we see this again. You want to talk about just fucking shameful. Like, just rub it in your fucking face. Horrible things. Gwen has packed up all of her shit. Um, and there was something that we... I don't think that we specifically said, and that makes this scene a little extra heartbreaking. When Lancelot comes to visit her at the beginning of the episode, um, he asked her why she doesn't have chambers in the castle yet. She says, I want to hang on to this place for as long as possible because it's my home. So, like, from that to this, where she has literally packed everything up into a cart that she is having to, like, pull herself in the mud as Merlin yeah. watches. She's not, like, her her t- all her entire demeanor has changed. She's wearing, like, much more rugged clothing, so she's not, like, this beautiful bride that's about to get married. She's this this miserable person who has just got caught up in this horrible shit. And, and again, just want to just, like, lay this on thick. Merlin just over there watching, <laughs> not even bothering to pick up. Just yeah. help her at least to the fucking door, man. Like, yeah. Honestly, cast a little magic spell on the cart so it's easier to roll. Yeah, like, where, where, anything. Where's your Where's your boat spell? I love your boat motor spell. Like, help her out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet that fuck? would work. Um, um, we go back over to the throne room where we see servants taking down all of the wedding decorations from the hall. Uh, Merlin shows up because Arthur's kind of supervising all this, or at least he's watching it and. Merlin is like, hey, you know, I know what she did was wrong, but I think that you should you should forgive her. There's still time. Um, and Arthur is sad when he says this. And 
I, I hate to tell you, Chris, but we're entering into the the era of the Great Arthur Depression. Um, Arthur, oh, God. yeah, he's like catatonic. <laughs> he is. He scene. is. He's really, really super sad. He's like, you know, Merlin, you're you're a good friend, and I. It takes courage to come talk to me about this because I know Gwen is your is your friend, and she means a lot to you. But uh, you know, there's a there's a there's a point where in the future. Uh, where I may be able to forgive Gwen for what she has done, but I will never be able to trust her again. So I can't, like, I can't, for all of this depending upon me, I can't, you know, there's, there is no, there is no reconciliation at hand. We can't do that. Um, and Merlin is like, that's just people, because he, he also mentions like people would think I'm weak and Merlin's like, that's just aggravating talking. Uh, that's just, you know, and he says, yeah, no, he straight up calls that out. Yeah. And he says, no. And Arthur's like, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's best that she's gone. Um, and you realize, cause we're like two minutes from the end of the episode at this point, you're like, there's going to be a preview and everything like that. This chick is not coming back this episode. This is fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, and this is where we find out that, uh, from Agravain who shows up with two guards that Lancelot killed himself. His under, under the order from Magarna. Yeah. And, um, they go to see the body. And Lanth- or Arthur just says, like, whatever, in all ways but one, he was a man of honor and he should have a proper burial, which I guess means putting him on a little boat and setting him on fire. Um, and that's indeed the next scene that we see. It's just Merlin, it seems like. He's the only one there. You don't see a crowd or anybody else go ahead with him. It's just Merlin out by the water with, with Lancelot in uh, in this little boat. And Merlin seemingly breathes life into him for a second, or like un- maybe he undoes the necromancy before he sends him off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a brief instant, the real Lancelot comes back, um, which is, I'm not going to explain it. It's magic. It doesn't make any sense, but it's magic. He comes back um, and it's maybe his his soul was freed from whatever, you know, shell that uh, Morgana had locked it in. Um, but he comes back for a second. He, he looks at Merlin. He thanks him. Merlin, of course, knows that this is the real Lancelot, um, and and Merlin he smiles with tears in his eyes and he pushes Lancelot out and then sets him on fire. <laughs> sets and that's him the on end fire. Of the he he put cast boat motor and then he cast boat fire and then uh, yeah. he he cries while also like kind of smiling a little bit because um, he saw his friend for the last time. Um, he mm-hmm. got one more chance to see his friend. That that's a really impactful moment in this episode, and I I think you can look at it a lot of different ways. Uh, to me, it was you know when. Morgana used the disc. She brought back his his body, his physical form, um, which separated his body from his spirit. And this was like Merlin returning those two together. Um, and I'm sure that like, I don't know, you can make up a bunch of stuff in your head, but as soon as like Lancelot opened his eyes and you could tell it was the real Lancelot, like I think that was right. just that relief of being, you know, where you're supposed to belong. Like I'm, I am supposed to be dead. I need to be dead. Um, for a moment, I thought he was just like resurrecting uh, Dark a lot so that he would feel the fire and <laughs> just be <laughs> burned alive. But no, very no, fucked up, extremely <laughs> fucked up. And Morgana is over to the side of behind the curtain in my room taking notes, like for the next episode, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah uh, and this is where the episode ends. Like Merlin doing right by his his old friend, I think is is really beautiful. Uh, and and man, Colin, dude, Colin puts in the work between. Like Mm -hmm. as he's like smile crying as he sees Lancelot's eyes return and then crying more as he, you know, casts the spell to to set it on fire. And and, And even the look that he had in his face, you know, when talking to Arthur and then when watching Gwen go, as much as it's frustrating to that he doesn't do anything, I I think that they're just trying to make the viewer suffer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, make us really feel the impact of this pain. And if Merlin goes and says something, then that kind of lessens the impact of it as a viewer because um, then we'll think well no Merlin's gonna make this right he'll do something but the fact that she just leaves and no one says anything and you're left with this horrible despair um, it's a lot 
and she's not in the preview for the next episode. I don't even remember what the preview was. I just remember she's not in it. <laughs> the preview was uh, Elliot's Haunted. Is the is the situation there? Elian fell into a well. As if he doesn't have haunted. enough on his fucking plate. Yeah, there's that. There's a there's a nice moment where not nice, but like when uh, they're forcing uh, Guinevere to kneel before Arthur in the in the council chamber, and uh, and Arthur like clears the room. Like there's a moment where her and Elian like lock eyes, and he just like leaves. Um, and I'm like, oh, man, he just really doesn't give a shit about his sister at all, man. <laughs> he just really does not fucking care. Like every uh, single time, like he just left for a while, and now you never see them talk to each other. He doesn't seem to be like particularly enthusiastic about the wedding. Like we didn't see him be like congratulations or anything like that. Yeah, he just he really just really an underutilized relationship. <laughs> he just does not give a shit about his sister, and it's very funny to me. Um, also, Gwen, uh, who now has two nickels for having a nickel for every time the King of Camelot has banned her from the premises yeah, on punishment or death, uh, I'd have two nickels, and that's not a lot, but that's weird. Man. <laughs> what is she? How is she going to come back? What's what's happening? Ah, dude, you have to you have to when watch will more the truth episodes. Be exposed? You have to watch more episodes and find out. <sighs> um, what a great episode this was. This was yeah. this is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, after kind of a, a not even necessarily a bummer of an episode, but just kind of a nothing of an episode last week, it was nice to get back into some good old Merlin feels. Uh, and yeah, anything else that you would like to add or, or wrap up? I'm still devastated. Um, I want to shout out uh, a tweet that somebody sent us. Um, one of the new American doll uh, dolls uh, has a has a zine, and I think that's very hilarious. And I just I just want perfect. Just wanted to mention that. Uh, that's that's very great. Thank you. They for, got they got punk rock American Girl dolls now. Mm, thank you for his uh, assorted uh, puzzle pieces for calling that to our attention. We really appreciate Things it. Things used to scare the shit out of me. Uh, Autumn has like a had a, like a big collection. She still got one, I think, and it's just they're very. Yeah, my sisters had them, and they just they were so lifelike. They came with so many. Like, oh my god, they, came, they had like a whole skincare routine that they did. Like, uh, they were just so real. Autumn still has like it's in a fucking like trunk thing yeah. that you like open and like all of the all of the doll shit is in there and i know i say this like with a straight face as you and i both have an enormous yeah, amount of tiny I'm little figs. Swimming in fucking figures <laughs> yeah. over here. but they were just so serious and like so crazy so li- i yeah. mean they aren't lifelike but they were just it just feels like if something's going to be haunted it's going to be an american girl doll it a hundred percent dude because they all have their little weird stories like they all have like yeah. little like histories and lore to them and it's just it was yeah it's very I'm glad one has a zine now, though. That makes me very happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we very much appreciate you doing that. Uh, if you want to support the show, the most direct way to do that is patreon.com slash monster of the week. You can also leave ratings and reviews. Tell your friends about the podcast. That can help out a lot as well. Um, we're coming up on uh, the start of season five, and I'm super excited. Ah. Ah. Uh, thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
Hello, Chris Mosier. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm very warm. This, this, hey, despite these crazy winter temps, I'm feeling pretty warm. Yeah, you guys, uh, you're getting creamed up there, huh? Dude, we don't stop getting creamed, except for when it does stop, so it can be 60 degrees out. Um, Jess and I went out on, on Monday. We had the day off, and Happy anniversary, I had to put... Way. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, had to put the AC on in my car. That's the situation we were dealing with. It was that warm. Um, and today, it's now it's snowing. So as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to go shovel the snow. Um, sometimes... I like to not shovel the snow. I, I make yeah. a path for uh-huh. the mailman uh, mm-hmm. so that he doesn't have to go through the snow. And then I go, eh, I'm not going good. anywhere. Good enough <laughs> what for do me. I care? It'll melt. But um, it's going to be like in the 20s for the next four or five days. So it will not melt. And I <laughs> so I have to deal with it. <laughs> and I guess I better deal with it now. Before you have it to deal with it. It's your responsibility. Snow stinks. Yeah, I'm tired of having responsibility. What kind of adult man is supposed to have responsibilities? <laughs> what the fuck, Chris? Seriously. I thought I was about? just supposed to what grow up, about? play video games, and eat ice cream. Yeah. I just, yeah, the, basically it was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. the man-child stereotype. <laughs> I thought that's what it was going to be like. <laughs> I think I, I did. I both played video games and ate ice cream today. So I'm living the dream over here. There's no, no snow on the ground. I put shorts up. on today that's if you want Dude, to i wish i was wearing shorts right now it's because i it, i i put the heat on earlier because i was cold and now i'm feeling it but what's up with the shorts how you feeling in those shorts breezy breezy dude nothing better breezy. than a breezy pair of shorts am i right Abs- absolutely i had those big big awful denim jeans on and uh um, yeah yeah i uh i just took them off and put some shorts on and started walking around the house like i own the place which chris I do. You do? Hey, <laughs> I do, what do, I do own the place. That's, what's better than that? It's mine. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you, but has life been like just like super tough lately? Just general, yeah, like just everything sucks ass, dude. What the fuck <laughs> is going on? Like, I, I, I had probably, I had like one of the biggest things of my career happen this week of my professional career, not podcasting. Um, but. Like the biggest thing that I've ever done. Like we got approval for this huge fucking project, far more money than I'd have ever sold at one time at one project, or you know, huge big deal. Uh, and, but I'm like, like walking around like I'm fucking depressed all, all week. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's so weird. I yeah, last week I, I had a ton of work stress just because of extra coverage. Took care of it all and ended the week feeling like you know what I took care of everything. I'm good. And then I had three days of vacation plus the weekend. That's a full five days of no work. Whew. And uh, Jess and I had our anniversary. We had a nice time. Uh, we had an enjoyable weekend. You guys got and... go beers at one point. I heard you got a get to go yeah. beer. I got a to go beer. <laughs> Went to this restaurant and they had Best on the menu. It said everywhere like there was signs like get a thing of beer to go. And I was like, hey, can I like <laughs> order a thing of beer to go to the waitress? Um, and she was like, um, let me go ask and see if we can do that. And I'm like, I didn't just make that up. It's on. It's, it's literally on everywhere. Thing. You won't stop advertising. <laughs> and then she came back like a minute later. And she was like, yeah, we can do that. And I was like, then I'm fucking doing I'm that. I'm getting it, buddy. Getting that shit. Mostly just because of the novelty of being able to do it. Because you can't get. I, I ordered a. Uh, uh, um. I can't remember what it was, but it was like a cocktail, like a like a old fashioned or something, right? 
and um, I had I was waiting on somebody, and then they showed up, and then we realized like, oh, we're late on a movie. We got to go. And so I, I was like cashing out real quick. And the bartender, who was a chick that I knew at the time, um, was like, oh, you got to go? You didn't finish your drink. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to hit the movie theater. She's like, oh, hold up. And she just literally took my drink, poured it into a to-go cup. Like a fucking, like it, was like, it was something with scotch or gin. It was one of the two. Like a, <laughs> just poured the cocktail in a to-go cup. It was like, have fun at the movie. And I'm like, I love living in Louisiana sometimes. Just drink it out this of like a seven up big gulp cup. <laughs> but it's a fancy old fashioned. And then, of course, you go to New Orleans and it's just, you know, you're ordering 72-ounce yeah. beers and just walking That's down the street beautiful. with them. That's beautiful. Um, but, so, we had, a, we had a lovely time and then uh, I took care of all my, like, chores and cleaning, everything I needed to do, I took care of by, like, Tuesday morning. I'm locked in. Um, and then we're hanging out, whatever. Jess goes home. All of Wednesday, I got I got nothing, nothing to do but play video games. Um not stressed about anything, I, n- nothing on the agenda. Immense crippling depression, just sucks the <laughs> oh, just sucks Chris. the fucking life out of me. And I just was like, well, okay, it's my sister's birthday. I'm supposed to go share in mirth. Um, I was not very mirthful, like, and I, it wasn't like a how do I even describe it? It was just like my brain just like wouldn't wake up. Yeah, it was like that kind of depression where I was just like, no, mm-mm. and I wasn't tired. Had a wonderful night's sleep. Um, I mean, really, it's just winter depression, right? It's it's you haven't seen the sun, and I'm not, not like I go outside that much anyway. But it has been I, especially not sunny out here. So yeah, maybe maybe I, I try to, to remind myself that that does have an effect, especially you know it's February, like it's been like this since November. Um, and at first, maybe it doesn't affect me at all. But four months in, I'm already depressed. You know, so maybe that's what's going on with us. Maybe we're just a couple of um, you know. Stinky little guys. Maybe we're just two stinky little goblins, Chris. Maybe we're just living our little depressed ass goblin lives in our caves and our with our stuff. Yeah. I, man, I um. Yeah, maybe sitting around playing video playing video games all day does make me depressed. D- does but make I me don't, depressed. I refuse yeah. to acknowledge that. <laughs> I slipped right back into a Slay the Spire thing, which is always a good sign that my mental mm. health is is declining because not because <laughs> that game is bad or anything, but because it's um. It's just it's it's not really like an addiction, so to speak. I don't want to like use that ter- kind of terminology to it, but it's it's one of those things that I can do to basically. It's not brainless, so like it's it doesn't just like remove things that I'm thinking about. Like, or, how do I want to say this? It does remove things that I'm thinking about because I have to think about so much in, that has happening in the game to be good at it that I can't think yeah. of anything else. There's no like autopilot mode, right? You can just zone in on it, and then this is what your brain's doing. You don't yeah. have to worry about outside stuff, and it feels like good because you're you're like crunching numbers in your head and you're like coming up with strategies like it's very rewarding to do that but also recognize what's happening which is oh this is just me trying to dodge thinking about everything else that's going on yeah. in my life um, yeah. which is not a lot like i'm I, I, I don't know what i'm complaining about dude like there's not a lot that's going bad my brain just can just makes me think that it is all the time it's so stupid mm-hmm. that's what my brain does i've been doing this thing and i i do this at least a couple times a year where I just bounce around between a thousand different video games, not because nothing's working, but because I'm like, I want to play all of this stuff. Yep. And it's always just, I I mean, at least once a year, I go back and I play some old game for some reason. Um, and then my backlog of like new games that I just paid $60 for piles up. Um, like I played an old Pokemon game on 3DS and finished that. I was playing Ocarina of Time 
for some reason, because I've never finished Ocarina of Time. So I just decided, hey, let me let me get into this. Then playing that made me think, you know, I kind of want to play Twilight Princess again. I, I got the Wii U in the closet. Let me see if I can pop this thing. Hell and yeah. Two seconds later, I had the Wii U fired up. And I played about an hour of a dungeon. I think it's the first dungeon in Twilight Princess where mm-hmm, I like mm-hmm. I had saved off, you know, years ago. But I was like, hey, whatever, I'll just keep playing. I don't fucking need to start over. And I played about an hour, accomplished most of the dungeon. I think I was getting ready to go and fight the boss. Uh, and then Jess called, so I paused the game and just you know didn't think about it again. Came back, realized it had been like an hour and a half. The Wii U had turned off and lost my save. Oh no. <laughs> All that, all that hour that I had just put in, it didn't go into like rest mode. It was just like, nah, dude, we turned the game off. Um, wow. So that's that's yeah. Because yeah, the and Wii U doesn't have like, one Well, maybe of those. maybe yeah. it like reset, but I have an auto save. No, 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 no auto save. Nothing. I was I was done. So I think I will possibly if I still have this this itch, I will go back and play Twilight Princess, but I'll do it after I finish Ocarina of Time. Um, which I don't know if I told you this because I know we recorded about a podcast about Zelda like a couple years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash monster. Yeah, it's on the Patreon. And all of my friends grew up with this game. This was everybody's like, this was everybody's thing was Ocarina of Time because it was N64, but I didn't have an N64. So I only had like secondhand knowledge of it. I watched my friends play, but just never played it until it was on the eShop on the Wii. And I bought it, and I was like, I'm finally going to play it, everybody. Uh, and I had so many fucking backseat gamers that it just destroyed oh my, my joy for that game. I uh, went through all of the Child Link stuff, went through the Temple of Time, became uh, became Hot Link, as I believe he's Hot called Link. in the community. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Hot Link became Hot Link. Then I went to the first Hot Link adult dungeon, um, which sounds like a very different thing out of context. Uh, like the Forest Temple, whatever it is. Got to the boss, uh, died... And then was like, no, okay, no big deal. Let me go back in. Meanwhile, I got I got birds chirping in my ears. Like, oh, you should do this. You should use this thing. And I'm like, I'm, I don't fucking want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. But I, I I get ready to go back in and fight the boss again and realize, no, you start from the beginning of the temple every time you die. It takes you back outside. Mm-hmm. And that's your, that's your mm-hmm. reset point. And at that time, I just thought, I cannot fucking do this anymore. No, and that you. was the last time that I played that game. Um, now it's on the, like, if you have the subscription, the expansion or whatever the fuck for nintendo switch online you can uh play n64 games so i just thought hey let me just see what it's like let me let me scratch around then i found out it had save states so i can save whenever the fuck i want and reload anytime <laughs> i want so now i can beat that game no fucking sweat yeah having save states just improves all of those retro games to, so dramatically like you just don't you don't have to suffer like we did as children like you don't have to go yeah. through all of the the hard parts um because you can just and i think like i think those hard parts probably when you like are done with the game and you grow up and you look back, it probably makes you love the game more because you remember spending so much time and like going through these these trials. Um, and it's like, yeah, I spent fucking forty hours in the water temple, but I eventually beat it, and now I'm it's twenty years later, and I can think think fondly on that. Uh, but in the moment, I don't want to fucking do that. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I, I'm it, not trying to develop any more core memories. You know, I'm just trying to experience a popular game. <laughs> This that is, everybody uh, loves. <laughs> like when I was when they announced the new Armored Core game, I was like, I'm gonna go play all the Armored Core games, and I mm-hmm. turned my Xbox into an emulation thing so they can like play PS2 games, which is fucking mind blowing. Just put yeah. that out there. That's yeah. fucking mind blowing that I was able to do that without having to like hack the console or anything. I just yeah. downloaded some apps and the shit just worked. Um, but what I realized about that um, is that it's those games are a lot of fun, and I think there's a lot of value there. I just like I could I could tell 
is one of those situations where like you you start a movie or you start a tv show and you're like i see everything that's about to happen in the next 45 uh-huh. minutes and i felt this that way about armored core where i was like yeah i get this and I, I don't dislike it like it's not bad i just don't want to do this if i'm going to do this i'm going to wait for the fancy new one which is which has yeah, all of the yeah. bells and whistles like i call me crazy i like the bells and whistles nowadays like i, I like the bells and whistles it turns out turns bells and out. whistles are quite good mm-hmm. that's what made me go from ocarina to twilight princess now twilight princess is still an old game on the fucking wii u but it was like i know it's a little bit more updated let me just check it out but i'm gonna i'm gonna try and stick it out i was excited i was so excited about breath of the wild 2 or whatever it's called tears of the kingdom i was so excited i couldn't remember its name uh that i wanted to just start playing breath of the wild again but then i thought there's like 25 zelda games that i've never played before i tell you i tell you what that you have the the wii u out what you should really do is get the wind waker uh oh i got that that's i actually might end up playing that before twilight princess that is easily my favorite zelda of all time like that one i think i knew that i think i knew that because that's what your icon is on uh switch is it your profile oh it is yeah yeah i forgot about that that, like Oh, I forget. That's very funny. That's, um, yeah, that's just like he's <laughs> Link is just so expressive throughout that. And like uh, everybody is just it's just such a fun game. And sailing was really, really fun. And they, yeah. and, and the HD remaster looks amazing. Uh, it, the, the old one didn't look bad. It just looked kind of dated in 720p. Like it was or, or, I don't even know if it was 720. I'm going to say it was GameCube days. No, yeah, probably, GameCube, who knows? Because Nintendo was always kind of a step behind. Yeah. Um, so just having that stuff updated to a modern day, I need to put that that remaster on the Xbox. I bet that pucker will sing on the Xbox. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Literally, it makes no sense why this, these aren't on Switch. I don't get it. I don't either, man. Does like, I, I, it just doesn't. It just does not make any sense to me. And then they just like drop. They could a, charge sixty dollars for each, and people would pay for it. Easy. I would. I'm. I'm that dumbass. Like, I'm. I would. <laughs> yeah. I'd line up, dude. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm fucking ready. Um, Life is yeah, hard. Been, Video games are good. I guess is yeah. the is the outtakes <laughs> the yeah. theme of this yeah. week. Uh, I had a I had a fun joke that I was gonna do uh, with you, but I'll just save it for another time. Because um, we yeah we're not very um, jokey. We're not very jokey today. I feel like we this have episode a very, was so heavy. Let's let's. I know this is a shorter outtake. Let's, let's get, get into, into it. the let's episode because otherwise I'll start talking about Pokemon or something. So let's just let's just get into yeah, it. Yeah, nobody wants to listen to us talk about Pokemon. No one needs that. Berlin, Berlin. Merlin. 